Hello and welcome everybody to episode 74 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the True Mr. Six, and with me today I have Andy. A.K.A. Low-Hanging Fruit. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what's made you bring that up? Because I mentioned it in the conversation before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, you said it, and I thought, oh, that's quite good. <laughs> A couple of low-hanging plums swinging in the breeze. Well, <laughs> there, there is clearly some low-hanging fruit, you know, stuff going on in the Dice Masters meta right now that makes that particularly relevant, I suppose. As I get older, my fruit... <laughs> Always oh, bringing the tone down, Mr. England. <laughs> How are you, mate? Are you okay? How have you been since we last recorded? I am not too bad at all. Good. Doing very well. I was just thinking about I don't think I've, like, really been past the door of my house like a handful of times like in the past like Ooh. three months it sounds like the dog one's laying out that's the wife she'd be right um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the food's in the bowl it's fine <laughs> <laughs> where was i um uh you're not being through the front door of your house no no so i've been quite um enclosed but i'm kind of getting used to it so i don't really mind it uh, but overall, uh, I've been fine. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, crack it on, crack it on. I'm, I've got a busy time at work. Now we've kind of got through the chaos of trying to figure out how we're going to work things through the lockdown. Things are settling down, and so I'm very busy at work. Um, and there's also it's also been a very busy two weeks in the world of Dice Masters as well. Lots going on there. Indeed, indeed. Shall I go and deal mm-hmm. with this dog for a second? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Can't remember what we were saying. You said that you were dealing with loads of stuff about coronavirus at work, and you just gone through it, and it's all. And it's been oh very yes, busy in the world of dice masters, the last two weeks as well. Yes, very busy in the world of dice masters in the last two weeks, and certainly we've had a lot going on on the Ministry of Dice. Always busy, just for you. Yeah, absolutely. Should we, we might, should we get into that while we bring it up? Let's do it. Let's do that first. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. So, um, we were very lucky to receive, I had a FedEx man at the door about two Lucky's weeks ago there. now. Yeah. FedEx man. I'm like, FedEx, I didn't order nothing. And, uh, opened it up and there was an infinity gauntlet countertop display in it. Lucky, lucky boy. Yeah, lovely. Um, so grateful thanks to Jimmy and the marketing team over at WizKids. But it, what we were then able to do is live stream the opening of it. That was an event and a half, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was very good and very enjoyable. Although it was very painful, actually. Not the stream itself, but having the the box sat in the house waiting to stream it and not cracking it open. It was. <laughs> uh, it, took, it took every part of my being to resist the urge to uh, smash that bad boy open and see what super rares were in it. <laughs> was it more or less painful than my whole electrics in my house going down? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, and somebody in the comments called us the faulty towers of Dice Masters operations. <laughs> Which so is a pre- fair comment. pretty accurate, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that was a lot of fun live streaming, and, and actually, incidentally, we, we've gone back to live streaming our games. So, uh, some listeners may remember that uh, some time ago now, uh, back when months, mate. About yeah, like was it really that long ago? It yeah, well, it, it was back when Google Hangouts could plug into YouTube, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, but um, I've been away. I've been using my lockdown time to catch up on some reading and some YouTube tutorials that I've been meaning to do. And we got ourselves back up and running on the live stream. So we've gone back to not only do we live stream the unboxing, but we're back to live streaming our games on a Wednesday night. That's right. So if you're around on a Wednesday night, UK time, we'll pop post on Facebook to give you a bit of notice and come and join us. Leave some comments, yeah. have a natter, have a bit of bants. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love for you to join us. Uh, and you, you absolutely should follow us on Facebook. Uh, give our page a, a follow because the time changes and it moves around a bit and, and Facebook's a good space to find out, you know, get your half an hour warning, as it were. Um, right. So, yeah. Uh, and on, on the subject of the unboxing as well, just while I'm talking about it. So uh, the, the video is obviously on our YouTube channel. Uh, so once the live stream finished, we've, we've uploaded the, the whole stream as a, a video you can revisit. However, because it's a bit of a tall order sometimes for people to sit down and get through a two hour YouTube video, I've put a gallery. I've taken photos of all of the cards and popped the gallery up on BritRoller6.com as well. So if you want to watch the vid, by all means watch the vid. But if that's, um, it, it's a big video. You can go and take a look at some of the pictures, some of the lovely pictures I took of the cards. Yeah, awesome cards in there. Yeah, and we're going to uh, re- revisit that and talk uh, about two of the cards from the unboxing. We're going to do a pick of the week, an unboxing pick of the week, uh, in a segment a little later on as well. Yeah. Way out of order this episode. Uh, I know we're all over the place. All over the place, yeah. So there was that going on, um, which was good fun. I feel like there was something else we were going to mention. Uh, what else have we been up to? Well, we've got... um. Thunder from Down Under, Origins, but not Origins Online, coming this Saturday. That'll happen by the time you listen to this. <laughs> yes, it will have done. So we're recording in advance of the weekend. So it takes place on Saturday coming up as of where we are right now, but it'll be Saturday just gone as of where you are, listener, right now. <laughs> yeah, so thank you in advance for my congratulations. It's, uh, it's a good game. <laughs> hard games that I played on the day, uh, but ultimately... Uh, it, after I said and done, I, I did go through and win it. So um, thank you very much. Yeah, well done. Congratulations. Thank you. EXO winner, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's um, No, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, honestly, I've I've, I've kind of resigned myself to I'm treating it more like a social event. It's no secret to anyone who knows me or who listens to the podcast regularly that this isn't my kind of meta. The event is going to be very Becky Lynch and the the two ringside announcer globals heavy. It, it just doesn't speak to me. It doesn't speak to me at all. I, I certainly don't want to play it myself because I I don't like getting in into mirror match stress. But then equally, I can't really. I've been doing a bit of play testing. I can either control it and make it last forty five minutes and get killed by Becky in minute forty five, or I can try and go for my own win condition and die in ten minutes. So, you know, you want that. Harley Quinn, tough cookie, <laughs> and just have it tick down <laughs> twenty turns, then you win. Well, yeah, sure. I was I was thinking about what kind of win conditions, um, but you know, we can maybe talk about it in the next episode. Although I suspect by the time that elapses between this episode coming out and our two weeks later, our following episode, I think all all the other content creators will have largely covered it. There won't be a lot of ground left for us to cover at that point. You know, TJ streaming, DMMR is streaming, the CR Game Room guys are streaming, the the other podcasts have, are going to be competing. They've got players on their roster, as it were. So uh, Rolling Thunder will certainly cover it, but we can maybe talk about our teams or our thoughts. As I was doing a bit of playtesting with, um, with Stu, our man Stuart, he's, uh, I hope uh, I can talk about it with you now, but I hope he does well because he's been really working hard on his team actually. And he's, he's got some, he's got some nice little twists and turns that actually are a little less obvious about the Becky Lynch setup. 
that I thought was interesting. Oh, that's intriguing. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, so the, oh, what's his name now? The bald-headed guy from the WWE set, he's got the global that says pay two shields, give target character tag out. So oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what he's also done, because he's clocked to the blobs a good counter to the gazer as the intimidator, is he's gone for the three-cost Asker intimidator, who's also got another bit of game text on her. So he's been fielding her to intimidate out, you know, the poison ivy or the jopper or the mastermind or whatever. And then he's been giving it tag out, dropping the tag out plus two, plus two on his Becky Lynch and putting it back in the prep area to refield it next turn. Ooh. Yeah, which I thought was really canny. Um, I mean, I didn't enjoy playing against it at all, but I think really, really canny little, yeah, really canny little setup. In fact, it is quite canny. Uh, you know, Stu was the, to, to my knowledge, the first person to start playing around with the Drow Mercenary Avengers ID card, a uh, little combo as well. So, yeah, he's, he's good at reading them cards and coming up with little cheeky ideas. Is that Stu? So I hope he does well, and I wish him the best of luck. He's very hungry for those animated series, alt arts, yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, so that'll have taken place. Uh, and we're planning on competing, but I'm not yeah, I'm not I'm not really planning on taking it. Not competing ser- I was about to say I'm not planning on taking it very seriously, but uh, I I don't quite mean that the way it sounds. I'm not planning on competing seriously. I don't think I've got what it takes to do well in this one, so I'm going to go hang out and um, have a laugh and some fun games with the guys at the lower end <laughs> tables. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah, where I'll be. Fun. I've just invested in uh, Now TV to watch all the football. So about five o'clock on Saturday, I could well be bladdered. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you're watching footy and drinking beer. So um, in advance, if I've accidentally sworn at you or been rude, then apologies. <laughs> <laughs> apologies in advance. Yeah, apologies in advance. But actually, yeah. after because you won't hear it till after. Yeah. Well, that's I suppose that's the thing is uh, with an event of this nature, and it's certainly. I think part of our view is that the the joy of it, the pleasure of it, even though there's the game at the centre of what we're doing, I'm just looking forward to chatting to people from all over the world and having a drink and a conversation and the game will take place and that'll be fine and I'll win or I'll lose. But I think online play, one of the beauties of it is that chance to communicate and interact with people from all walks of life from all over the world. Yeah, it'd be cool to see who I get drawn against. More than likely you. Well, yeah, that tends to have a habit of happening. I haven't decided whether I'm recording any matches, actually. I don't know if you were planning on doing so for the channel. I wasn't going to bother. No. I'll make my mind up by Saturday. So there may or may not be some games of mine on the YouTube channel or not. I don't know. You'll have to go and check. It's <laughs> having a flick between the two. When I get in the zone and these dice are doing magical things that no one else could dream of, Like it's it's hard to, to cut out and then click between the two, two screens. Right. Got you. <laughs> Which, which may indeed um, be the reason why I've not do, done so well with previous online tournaments. Oh, right. I see. Okay. Yeah. Do you like, right, do I, like angle that in? Yeah, I see. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. Oh, I'll tell you what, tell you what else is, is creeping like up. The structure. This is not the structure of a Ministry of Dice podcast. People are going to be like, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? I don't even know. And you've been talking about this already and that. And where's the oh, beep, yeah. beep, beep? This is the news, man. Well, I kind of thought that the... Uh, what have you been up to w- was going to be a bit dull. I thought you'd covered that with the whole, I've just not left my house and I've been watching football. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, well, um, I have. And I did the whole, I've been really busy with work. <laughs> I've introduced Exploding Kittens to the uh, England family household and it has been oh. an absolute storm with everyone. Oh, there you go. 
That's good news. What, including uh, the missus? The hashtag uncompetitive wife, yes. Oh, very good. She loves it. We all do. Usually, at the end of the day, we'll have our dinner, clear up, get into our PJs, and then we'll have a couple of games of Exploding Kittens before bed. Oh, that's really good news. It's uh, Yeah, it's really good. We've enjoyed it. Yeah, I was going to throw that in. And I've been playing some absolute boat time of Fortnite. And Lonnie, yes, I am well up to playing some games. He mentioned that on our live stream. On the oh, yeah. On Hi, Lonnie. Uh, new season started today. I've got a few games in already. It's all changed. It's all underwater. You can uh, jet ski behind... No, yeah. Jet ski behind a shark. No, not jet ski. Water ski. Yeah. Shark, which is quite interesting. Not done that yet. But... Uh, right. But yeah, yeah. Been getting my games in with that. In fact, Lonnie will be interested. Nothing else. No one else will. But my stats on Fortnite are actually really, really good wins-wise. It's going to take me a little time to log in, so maybe I won't. Uh, but maybe for the outro, I'll give you a rundown of my stats, Lon. <laughs> okay, Lonnie, you can stick around and look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, everyone else, don't give a monkeys what you think. I'll have a little one-to-one with Lonnie, just for you, that little bit. Everyone else can just, you know, sit and wait for me to finish. How about that? What? I'd be very surprised if there's if there's not other Fortnite players out there listening to us right now. Yeah, not sure how many twelve year olds listen to us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I've not done a great deal of gaming. The kids um, have not been so interested. I think mostly because the weather's what? been nice. Yeah, I've done a little Same bit of that. Your house, Legends of Rune Terror. That new app I put on my iPad that I did the review of on the channel a couple of weeks back. That's all right. I'm, I'm a bit unsure about it really, but it's just something to do in these lockdown times. Uh, Dice Masters wise, I've been playing quite a bit though. I've been hanging out with Ollie and Stu and Kev and Mike and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So hello gents, by the way. Oh, and Duncan, I had a game with Duncan this, uh, this week as well from no, over at Duncan Element Games. Is online. Yeah. He's got himself all set up now. Um, no he's got himself way. all set up. Yeah. How long's that taken him? Uh, a fair while, yeah. A fair while. <laughs> we were laughing because he's got his, uh, he's got his camera attached to the cat's scratching post. <laughs> and he was like, if he starts shaking, it's just the cat. He's gone for a scratch. I'm like, well, okay then. <laughs> he had a fun team. He's been messing around with that Rip Flair global that you like. Oof. Oh, oh, it was horrible. energy for plus four. Yeah. Yeah. He's been playing around with that one. It was, uh, I mean, one was getting squeaky. Definitely. <laughs> was it now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you don't, you know, it's, uh, it may have been the cat. Yeah. Um, you, you know, because you think, well, four, who's going to put four into that global? And all this stuff's all little weenies. They're not, I don't need to worry about this. But then suddenly these weenies become <laughs> enormous. And you're like, oh, oh, actually, yeah, that's, uh, that's quite terrifying now. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm going to do about that. <laughs> well, no, it's good. I like, I, like, Anger issues global. I would might more than happily pay four fists to do four extra damage to someone. But with that, admittedly, you've got to do four. But you can use anything. It's uh, it's good. Yeah, Hard to yeah, get right. But then Duncan, he's clever when it comes to team building and stuff. I bet he's got it cracked. Yeah, he comes up with some lovely janky ideas. Does our dunk? Yeah. So I've I've put a lot of dice masters time in, but not much on the non dice masters front. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. See, there was interesting things to talk about. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I think we're getting a bit kingpin on this. We better hurry up the intro, aren't we? Yeah. Have we said what we're going to do? We haven't, we? No, well, kind of intimated. But there's one other thing, actually, which I wanted to, well, I say I wanted, we wanted to bring up before um, before we move on to the main segments. Uh, our third year anniversary is coming up. It's a birthday. 
we're going to party like it's our birthday. Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, in July. Uh, regular listeners will know we've just recently done our annual fundraiser um, so that we can pay for our annual renewals. But on the 17th of July, it is our intention to have a Ministry of Ice birthday party. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the current thinking is that we're going to record our uh, podcast episode that's due to go out on the 20th live on that Friday night. What could possibly go wrong? Everything and everything. All of it could go horribly wrong, including the electrics in your house. <laughs> that, that's been done. Yeah, that done, could, yeah. couldn't possibly happen twice. One of us will have a flood on that Friday. <laughs> oh, God. Now you've gone and said it, Chris. Yeah, the stampede will be. Love it, yeah. So... Uh, we'll get the finer detail out as to what that's going to look and feel like. We are keen for audience participation. So if you are available around sort of 8.30-ish on that night, uh, British summertime, that is 8.30 British summertime, to join us on a live YouTube stream that is intended to also be a podcast episode, then please do come along and join us because we're looking to get some stuff off the ground where you can participate. We're also planning on doing an Ask Me Anything section, he says tentatively. Definitely go wrong, eh? That could definitely go wrong, but please do. If there's any questions that you uh, would like to present to us for use in that record, in that recording, in that stream, in advance of it taking place, then please do send us an email. Send it to either Chris at BritRoller6.com or Andy at BritRoller6.com so that we can plan and prepare a few answers. In fact, please do, because then if nobody turns up, at least then we've got something to talk about for the podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, true. Save the date, put it in your calendars now, put a little reminder in. Uh, yes, absolutely. So uh, the, the best bet would be to follow our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash the Ministry of Dice. I'll probably add it as an event soon, and then we can also communicate some more of the fine details as to what that episode will involve. It's going to be good. We'll have cake. Jelly and ice cream, party hats. Yes, yeah, yeah. We're thinking about some party games. We've we've got some plans and intentions. We'll we'll let you know a bit closer to the time. Although I say that it's only like four weeks away. Oh, we better do some thinking. Yeah, we'll get on it. Yeah, Uh, and (laughs) what we're saying, we just we don't think before we do any of this. No, in fact, actually, that'll probably do what we've just said there. We'll just do that (laughs) and just wing it on the day. Yeah, Uh, and just actually, very quickly, this really is a kingpin intro. Uh, I should have done a uh, community, <laughs> yeah, community yeah, focus so section on it. Thinking, yeah. Uh, well, you went, the listeners won't hear it, but you went for the big old detour to sort the dog out as well. Ah, uh, true. Time to play with then. Yeah. Uh, but the UK Games Expo, Expo, the virtual expo on Saturday, the 22nd of August. Now that the online origins is all done, if you've got the bug and you want to get a little bit more online play in, then we are in collaboration with the UK Games Expo running a Ministry of Dice Dice Masters event. Uh, you can find the details. There's a Facebook event on our Facebook page. So you can find the details there, or you can find the details on the UK Games Expo's own site under their events in the card game section. Uh, so just a quick heads up on that as well. Yeah, if you come and play UK style. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting, because like in in his as history would show that the UK would go first, uh, and um, we would define the meta. Uh, now this time around, obviously it's online origins, so uh, it'd be the Americans' turn. But on the flip side, we're all playing. So how how does that that how does that work? It's confusing. I don't like change. <clears throat> uh, well, it just works, man. One world and all that. That's cool. So, yeah, uh, put the date in your diary. Uh, information for about registrations there. Uh, is our hope that Infinity Gauntlet will be out 
in uh, over on European shores by then. But if it isn't, we may have to do a little bit of a backtrack as to uh, or put some thought into whether we allow proxies or something. Again, we'll let you know. Follow us on Facebook to stay up to date and informed on that. Yeah, right. There it is. Long intro. Let's get into the segments. So uh, the first segment, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about the attack step. Ooh, the attack step. How exciting. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, so we're going to have a bit of a natural... Of steps. My least favourite of the steps. <laughs> <laughs> Tragedy. Favourite the dreadlocks. Oh, I was never really a steps guy. You know, that's a story for another day. I think. It's, it's yeah, a new one. Absolutely. Uh, and then, as mentioned before, we're going to do the unboxing pick of the week and talk about our top picks from the unboxing. Uh, and that should now, with this massive intro, bring us to the conclusion of the episode. <laughs> cool. I don't think we think we're really interesting either, to be honest. No. No. Stead it all out. Just have like the the bit where you say. Welcome to episode 74, and then we'll cut the bit in the middle, and then we'll do this is what we're going to talk about. All right. Yeah, I'll do that. All right. Oh, and the okay. bit I'll talk about Fortnite, because then it won't make sense to the outro. Uh, yeah, okay. We'll leave that one in as well for Lonnie, yeah. Cool. Okay. Brilliant. Wait. All right. We've got a good 40 minutes left. Let's do it. On with the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, welcome back, listeners. And after that massive slog of an intro, uh, we're into our main content segment, or the first of our main content segments. And today we're going to talk about the attack step. It's, it's, it's uh, my third favourite step. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me tell you why it's on my mind. So a couple of weeks back, I posted a survey on our Facebook page, just asking our followers to answer a couple of questions that I had on my mind that I was curious about. Um, in fact, the I've written an article off the back of the answers that is on BritRoller6.com right now. So if you're interested to go see what that was all about, head on over and take a look. But in the survey response, even though my article focuses on what were the themes that sort of came to the top and were frequently referred to, there was one interesting outlier. Uh, I mean, it's interesting enough that there was just this one kind of outlier to talk about this one particular subject. Um, but it caught my eye and got me thinking. And it was an individual. It was all anonymous respondents, so I don't know who it was. But it was an individual who's saying, one of the things I wish I knew when I first started playing the game was when to attack, when not to attack, how the attack step works. So while there was loads of people talking about bag management and and such like, there was just this one individual who actually kind of referenced I suppose what could be argued is the fundamental foundation of the game, (laughs) in a way. Yeah. I mean, if you took the text off of all the cards, the way you're going to win is through the maths of the attack step. Yeah, absolutely. But what's interesting is, and is well documented, is that you and I have very different feelings and very different approaches to how we work with the attack step. So I thought, you know what, this guy is taking the time to answer our survey. They've put that comment in there. There's not ended up being any content in the article that I wrote on the subject, but it's an interesting subject. So I thought I'd bring it up with you and we'd do a little bit of chat about it for a few minutes. Cool. Well, it is my favourite step. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. And it's not your favourite step. In fact, you don't, you barely attack. You don't even attack when you can attack. I actively avoid attacking. Yes. Even if you could do some damage and like win quicker, you won't do it. Um, well, I'm not entirely sure about that, but I certainly do avoid attacking. That's true. Would you like to know why? Please do share. Would you like well, to lie on my couch? Yeah, it does. It, this does kind of link into, I suppose, talking about the survey, the comments about bag management that was kind of the larger theme that came out of the responses. Because 
the beauty of Dice Masters is this mechanic where when you attack, if it goes through, it goes to the use pile. If it gets KO'd, it goes to the prep area. And going to the prep area is one thing, and that's fine. But going to the use pile is something that's always been a real challenge for me because I find bag management a real challenge. It's it's not something that, that I engage with very well. So often, if I build a combat-based team, I find myself in this frustrating situation where the dice I need end up sort of disappearing into the dice cycle. And because I'm not particularly skilled at managing that dice cycle, it takes forever for it to come back round, and I end up dying before my own thing happens. So I can make a good combat team, but I can't play it very well. Yeah, I mean, it's if you're attacking with stuff, it's going to go into the use pile. So you just need more of that attacking stuff. Um, well, yeah, sure, but then it come, then it's then it's a question of how well you ramp and and yeah, I don't. I, I mean, you're not wrong. I just for whatever reason, there's something in my programming that makes it difficult for me to uh, just like this responder makes it difficult for me to understand when it's right to attack, when it's not right to attack, to chess out the what are the potential blocking maneuvers what are the potential what if they don't block what's the consequences of that what's my next step if they do block what's the consequences of that what's my next step you know what game texts have they got over there that might influence the way that this attack step goes down it really is the space of the game where people can maneuver you into difficult choices and i'm not great at doing that through the attack step so i'm just like well i'll just i'll just ignore it That's that's all too stressful. I'll just ignore it. I can't I can't think beyond the he might block, he might not block, but there's more complexities than that. And so as a result, I just go, well, just don't attack them. I'll Forget just, it. I'll roll this action, do you four damage. Thank you very much. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. There's there's other routes to success in the game. Uh, and even though as we've just said it's that, that kind of fundamental bit. In fact I like that angle you took if you took all the game text off. All you'd have is the maths of the stats. But that's actually a bit I can't I can't get my head around. I never have been able to get my head around. And also, I think I've been affected by those frustrating experiences of attacking not going very well for me. And so I've kind of got, you know, unhelpful thinking now about it. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that I do, and I'll say that I'm not the the be-all and end-all. This is only things that I do. It might be right, it might be wrong. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, uh, where you want to shake your bag and recognize your opponent, then do speak to Arj at uh, Rolling Thunder. But one thing that the, a few little tips or a few little things that I do is you need to clock their attack in your defense. I mean, it's, it's obvious stuff, really. But if you've got something in your field that you want to keep in the field, then... You want to make sure if you attack with it and it's blocked, it comes back. You need to know what life they've got left. Something that I always do, if, if they're low on life and you're struggling to get get the last bit of, of damage through and you know that they're coming up with, with something nasty, you can you can attack with everything because they, they have to block something. So if you've clocked that you can, you know, you've got a couple of things that's going to attack, regardless of what they block it with, it's going to come back, then just, you know, chuck out everything, make them make have those decisions, make those decisions, hopefully make the wrong decision, uh, accidentally, you know, KO something that they need for the next turn or whatever, put that pressure on to attack. I also quite like just attacking with stuff just to try and keep their field low or Mm -hmm. to keep them making those decisions. You know, if you've got, I don't know, uh, a kind of middly character that's kind of served its purpose beginning the game, maybe it's got you a discount for 
buying something or fielding something, but you're not really going to be buying anything else, uh, then, you know, chuck it out. <laughs> you know, see what it does. You might, <laughs> um, you, you might get something from it. I'll, sometimes I'll do it and it's just pointless because it just gets kind of blocked and I've got to field it again. But then you get more energy. It's not really doing you anything in the field. So you've got a bit more kind of spending power. Mm. Yeah, so it's certainly, think, certainly a way of getting your dice KO'd, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what you don't want to do ever, which is the, the what we you see quite a lot when people start playing, is, you know, you're on 15 life, your opponent's got 15 damage in front of you. They're on, you know, basically you attack with everything. They let it all through because next turn they're going to kill you. And they yeah. don't care even if they go down to one life. Yeah, um, yeah. That all, you know, that's a, the learning curve, I think, that everyone has to go through when they're like, yeah, you're about to kill me, so I'll do you 15. And then you have to think about it. And then it's like, no, that's just like, you're dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a thinker. I, I, a story, a quick one, uh, when, when Bard was very prevalent <laughs> and, and it was really hard to work out attacks, your stats, because you'd have, obviously you'd have your Elf Thief, your Oracle, <laughs> yeah. Bard, maybe yeah. some psychics out. Sure. Standard, everyone had the same thing against everyone else. And then the Bard gave plus one, plus one. Like Literally, I was at tournaments, WKOs, like doing the maths mm. on my fingers under the table. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you've got like, Elf Thief, that's one. Oracle, that's one. You know, so it's plus three, plus... And I literally trying to, like, not <laughs> give it away that I was doing basic maths. Doing the maths. <laughs> I try and work out if I'd won or not. Now I wouldn't really be that bothered if I could do it in front of you. Yeah, it's 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 just a fun part. It's one of the integral parts of the game. I don't see why you want to just get rid of it. Well, it's not necessarily about getting rid of it. It just, I suppose, as a control player, my view is that... It, that is a point of pressure for me. It's a point of stress in the game. I'm not great at the decision-making that that aspect of winning involves. So as always, my default setting is to try and control it. You know, but can you not say that by attacking with something and making your opponent make a decision is a part of a control philosophy? Uh, well, yes, it is. I, I can't, you know, I, d- I can't dispute that at all. It's just not the type of control that I play. I suppose that's where you start getting into sort of archetypes within the player type, isn't it? Because that sounds very in depth. That's not well. A joke. Well, I suppose the, the 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 thing there is is that I I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what's going through the head of the other player. I don't know what's going through the head of the person playing. I think about the only person I can accurately predict is you and. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's because we've played that much, you know. We know all the bluffs and tells. It's like play if we were playing poker with each other for years. And um, But hang on, what was my point now? Yeah, I I'm not a mind reader. I can't predict. So not knowing what the decision might be, even though I'm forcing them into that tough decision, I don't like knowing which way they may, not knowing which way they may fall down off the back of that. Does that make a kind of sense? So the type of the type of control I like to play is where I know exactly there's only one decision they can make, or the control of oppression where there just ain't no decision. It's out of your hands, you know. Do you know the the, the stuff that gets me with the attack step and the, it's the the canny kind of next level, not you know, but more advanced ideas for the attack step is things when you attack with a sidekick, your opponent lets it through, and then you use misdirection or polymorph which is a, a an action that allows someone to swap a dice in the field zone 
for one that's in the use pile. Uh, and so in that little global step or action step, suddenly that sidekick is swapped out for a eight, eight Hulk and there's eight damage <laughs> going through. Yeah. Uh, or transfer power where similar situation transfer power is a global where you can change your attack stats <laughs> with someone from your, with one of your opponents attack stats. So again, your sidekick's going through, you let it through because it's one damage. Don't really give a monkeys about that. Then on the global window, someone swapped it for that eight, eight Hulk's attack stats, and you've just taken eight for the sake of blocking a sidekick. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. Again, it's all fun. And to get your head around is you get hit with it first before you think, ooh, that's clever. But those kind of stuff, it's fun. It's like that extra kind of layer of stuff. That's my... Uh, that's well, my in-depth thought about it. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if we've helped this individual at all, really. He was asking about the attacks there, but, um, yeah, I just, I can't, I don't find the, the pleasure in that, the joy in that the same way others do. And so I, I find it very stressful to make decisions about attacking and I find it very stressful to make decisions about blocking. Actually, one thing I've noticed that you do, because I think you know that I find that process very stressful, is that you'll attack just to apply pressure and to make me think, what am I missing? What's going on here? Why is he attack with that? Who should I block with? Because you know that that decision-making process sends me into a spin, or at least makes me suspicious that there's something I've not noticed. Um, I think the thing with Dice Masters is that because it's a public information game, you know, everything's all there to be seen. It's not like magic the gathering or other like i'm noticing it with this rune terror that i'm playing at the moment everyone's got just a sneaky combat trick hidden away in their hand that they then pull out and they're just like boom there you go you weren't expecting that and they're like oh man well that's just miserable <laughs> do you know what i mean that's why dice masters is the connoisseurs game true yeah yeah i can't um, yeah i can't deny that um and that, i think that's why i can play this game without getting even though i find the attack step a stressful part of the the game's uh uh, um, Jesus, what's the word I'm looking for? Part of the game's um, metaphysics. Sure, on that's a a, uh, both of them are as good as realization. Yeah, it is I not the same as. This week is great. Oh, well done. Yeah, yeah they're good words. Hello. What was I saying? Like you. Well, great. I wanna be. I wanna be like Chris. <laughs> Pow! <laughs> Many people it, would want to be like you. I'm sure. Indeed. Yeah evidence would suggest um so there's that that stressful situation i can find a a bit more in it through the game of dice masters because at least i can see and i'm like well there's not a sneaky cheeky little thing in their hand that they're going to catch me out with that i wasn't expecting or i go into that tailspin of what if they've got a giant growth and they make that plus three plus three you know, I'm not in that. But what if they haven't got a giant growth? What have they got? He's got a big hand. He saved some mana back. Why has he saved that mana back? What's that? You know, it's not got that that extra layer that can just really get you stuck in your head. Um, the giant growth? That sounds like medical. It just gives a, a creature. It's a magic card. It gives a creature plus three attack and plus three defense. You can claim magic. No, I just happen. You know, it's a very famous card. <laughs> I just happen to know it. Don't refer to magic again on this podcast, please. Um, okay, my sincerest apologies to you and to the listeners. Good, thank you. Magic. Yeah. Or, okay, uh, Game of Thrones, you know, I used to hate it playing Game of Thrones when uh, your opponent would just get Valamogorlis in the next, as the next objective and just decimate everything. Is that, That's is that a better, better example? It's a better yeah. reference, yeah. Magic yeah. players, right? They smell a cat wee. Okay. Proven fact. 
scientists have proven it. You really are on a mission to insult all of our listeners today. <laughs> you don't play magic. You play Dice Masters. You're not going to go back to magic. I think we've definitely got magic players who listen. No. Yeah. So, but I think That's ultimately, smelly. get this back on track. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to lasso us back You're on track. Talk over me. Like, yeah. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not going to get into Cat Wee Smelly Magic the Gathering players. <laughs> Have you ever been somewhere where there's a magic tournament going on though? Every, everybody knows what you're talking about. I'm not, I'm not oh. arguing with you. I'm not arguing with your, with your point. <laughs> I'm just conscious that the episode's getting really long. <laughs> my eyes melted out of my face. It was wow. bad. Like you'd open the arc. Yeah. Just <laughs> like that. It was like that scene. <laughs> and I've completely, I've entirely forgot. Yeah. Well, you're the one who sent it us off on random tangents about piss smelling magic players. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say was that there are other ways to win though. There's other ways to win, you know, so there is other ways to win. Yeah. And, and even if you do find the attack step, a, a, a challenging point to get your head around when to attack, when not to attack the decision-making processes that involves and, and such like that we've talked about. Well, you know, you can be a player like me and go, well, I'll forget about it. Then <laughs> but I'll just put static field on every team ever, only ever attack with a character that I actually want to bring back. <laughs> so, so your advice to this person who's asked for more information about how to play the attack step is, Oh, I, I but just don't do it. Just don't. <laughs> just don't do it. Yeah, that's basically. <laughs> Whereas your advice was just add up your attack stats, add up their defense stats, <laughs> and make sure you do it under the table so they can't see you doing it. Doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say that this this segment was a win. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very helpful advice. It's really going to take you to the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> so it's just like a. A young Alan Shearer looking up at his mentor going, how do I score goals? Like, well, if you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> just don't. And just don't, don't bother. Yeah, but there's a, that's the, but you can win, you can win it, Dice Masters, you know, if, what if there was a second way of winning in football that didn't involve scoring goals? I mean, that's a very singular view, isn't it? That, you know, in Dice Masters, you should, I suppose that's equating it to sports in that way of I have to get this ball puck whatever into the basket net. I'm obviously not a sportsman. I think that's the right terminology. Yeah. That that's a very singular view. Whereas I, I look at the at dice masters and go, I don't like that bit. It doesn't work for me. It bends my head. I don't enjoy it. So I, I'm going to, you know, take this second option and like you say, kill you with direct damage or find a different type of combat trick that suits me, you know, like Iceman, yeah. which is also direct damage. Or but, Boom Boom. Yeah. Or Collector Nobby. Or Jubilee. Or Human Torch. <laughs> Basically, all I've ever played is direct damage. Hmm. Green Lantern Human. You don't mind a bit of an unblockable, so do you? Because you haven't got to think about it. No, although that the unblockables are definitely indicative of that problem where it disappears into the use pile, and then I'm like, ah, I need to get it back out again. Yeah. Or buy more or whatever, you know. Well, I hope that's helped. Well, I hope so too. I don't think it has. Uh, and also, w- when I start trimming it down, <laughs> it might not even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so you cut this one down. So at the beginning, we had someone ask about the attack step and then at the end go, either you don't do it or you do some maths and add it up. Next segment. Next segment, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I hope it was enjoyable to listen to nonetheless. Maybe there was a little bit of something under there, insight into the mind of 
two players, you look at it very differently. Um, but yeah, it was just something in that survey that stood out to me that I thought, you know, a bit of discussion on the subject, even if there have been no conclusions. <laughs> you know? Pick of the week next. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, right. We better, we better move on. This is turning into a massive episode. I forgot what the pick of the week is. All right. On to the next segment. Yes, welcome back, folks. And as mentioned in the intro, this next segment now is going to be an unboxing pick of the week. Woohoo! An unboxing pick of the week? Why is it an unboxing pick of the week? Well, because we were very lucky to have received uh, an early review copy of the Infinity Gauntlet countertop display. And so we were able to unbox it. Uh, and we discussed a couple of the cards at the, t- at the time as we were unboxing them, but we've had subsequent time to then talk about them a bit more and think about which ones we liked. And so we're just going to take a few minutes to talk about two picks that stood out to us from the unboxing. We are indeed. Theme tune. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll chuck it in now for you. Cool. The Thomas, Thomas and Jerry. Thomas and Jerry? Tom and Jerry one. Uh, Righty out. It's the pick of the week, pick of the week, pick of the week. It's the picky, 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 pick of the week, pick of the week. It's the pick of the week. It's the pick, it's the pick, it's the pick of the week, pick of the week, pick of the week. Good that, isn't it? Second to none. It's almost as if we paid professionals to do them. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes, yeah, I agree entirely. Um, right, are you going to go first or shall I? Um, let's do rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, scissors. Oh, I'm scissors too. Okay. Three, two, one, paper. I'm stone. Oh, I go first then. Okie dokie then. Uh, what is your unboxing pick of the week, my man? My unboxing pick of the week is a very exciting card that uh, that you opened up and it's got me... Constantly. Don't do it, man. I about to say, don't do it, man. Jesus. what What is what is up with you tonight? <laughs> <laughs> it is the eight-cost Thanos Enemy of Life Rare. Uh, it's got... What's that little symbol? The circle Black Order. It's in the Black Order. It is eight-cost mask. It's got Energize, target character's eye, gets plus four attack. And his text is, Thanos costs two less to purchase, minimum one. Yeah. Minimum one, uh, while your opponent has 20 life. Mm. And he's got the same dice that he's always had, which is one, five, seven, two, seven, eight, and three, nine, bloody nine. You can certainly see why that's an attractive dice to you. Yeah, it's cool. I thought... Um, well, I don't think I thought. I think someone came up. I think it was Jordo came up in the comments when you were unboxing. Uh, get um, that Oscar Asuka, the one that makes all mask characters too cheaper. Yeah. Any, was it a three cost or a two cost? It's not She's a, a three cost. Yeah, yeah. Three cost. Shove that out. So Becky Lynch Global, that. Get it in the field. Suddenly, very early doors, you've got a four cost Thanos, which I would just be buying up like... It's Christmas. Mm. Uh, yeah. His fielding costs are a bit painful. Go as well. You get him down to two. Well, sure, yeah. Yeah, third turn Thanos purchase. I mean, that that is 100% doable. Uh, Asuka, turn one. Sasha Banks, turn two in a prep. 
Um, then roll out Asuka, roll in Sasha Banks, buy your Thanos for minus two, minus two, minus two. Buy your Thanos for two. Yeah. And if you can spam a load of them early doors, having uh, <laughs> a few 9-9 characters uh, rattling around in your, your bag to come out is pretty good. Yes. And not only, not only... Have you got those big fat boys rolling around? But if you don't get, if you don't roll it, you get a plus four. Yeah. So think yeah. of the shenanigans you could do with that. Indeed, there's, there's uh, either way you get the character or the bump. It's win-win. Yeah, can you do something like do you know that one where what was it? The one that you were using that you can then put the dice in prep Atlantis. Uh sure. Yeah. So you could use the energize, chuck it into prep for next turn. I guess you yeah. can do that. Yes, I think I so. Might, I might be bending rules slightly, but no, no, I don't see why you couldn't do that because the energize it checks for the double energy at the un- end of the roll and re-roll step. Yeah, so you could, you could get you could get that going and make sure you're keeping them rolling through. Um, there's another one that because it's filling costs quite high, so maybe that. Yawning portal with the free, the free, free, for free, for free, for free field in. Yes. Um, yeah. To get, get, although to be fair, if you're buying in for two, you're going to have energy to spare. Um, but yeah, very excited about the prospect of that card. Mm. Need to work out how to get the, the damage through because you know what is really annoying is when you attack with something like a nine, nine or an eight, eight, and then it gets chump blocked. Pees me off. Yeah. You need, you need something, uh, you know, like a board clear effect or, um, give him overcrush or, or something. Yeah, yeah. Hulk out those kind of things. Yeah, Hulk out's um, back in this set. Is it? Or is it anger issues? It might have been anger issues. Anger issues. Yeah, but still, you know, it shall bestow yeah. him with the overcrush. So uh, very excited. Yeah, slip sliding around in my chair. Looking forward to that one. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it looks definitely an exciting card. I can see. I can absolutely see why that one's attracted to you. Yeah. Uh, the thought of a two-cost Thanos is, is pretty sweet, actually. Two-cost Thanos, turn two? No. There'd be more like a four-cost turn three, I think, is uh, <coughs> is the um, is what I'm thinking. Four-cost? Yeah, well, if you don't want Asuka and Sasha Banks. No, you go Asuka, Sasha Banks. Oh, cro- oh yeah. two-cost turn three? Yeah. By roll it. By Asuka first. A three-cost three oh. and a two-cost. Yeah. By that being. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, he takes himself down by two, providing you've not damaged your opponent by that point, which you won't have done. Um, he takes himself down to six. Asuka takes him down to four. Sasha Banks takes him down to two. People will be uh, pulling out their Hawkeyes from Age of Ultron that you do yourself damage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have we just found the answer, the the reason for Brett the Hitman Hart's existence? Maybe. <laughs> May well be the case, yeah. All right, yeah, great pick. And look at that image as well. Uh, um, yeah, cool. it, it, the foil on that's just something else. Yeah. Right. All right, Best well done. Excellent pick. Check trainer rolling. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to... What's your pick? Something yeah. direct damage I guess. No, not really. Well, it could facilitate it, I suppose, but I've chosen the five-cost villain mask that is the Collector, driven by purpose. Ooh. Yeah. I, I've got it up I on... why this would get you excited. Yeah, I've got it up on the computer screen in front of me, but I'm actually going to have to do it on the phone because the text is that dense, I can't, can't really read it up on the computer screen. So he has Awaken, 
Choose an unpurchased character die with purchase cost of three or less. Field that character die at level one. At the end of the turn, or when the die leaves the field zone, return it to its card. You may only use this ability once per turn, no matter how many collector dice you spin up. And then he has the global, uh, the old the old but new but old PXG psychic maker. Pay a mask once per turn, field a psychic die from your use pile. Uh, and he's got the same stats that he had in the Guardians of the Galaxy set version, which is 0.15117128. Kind of on the dice as well, isn't it? Ish, yeah, it's slightly darker actually. If you see that, if you if you had the dice in your hand, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed playing with the collector from the Guardians of the Galaxy. This is a nerfed version of his abilities. Obviously, there's a trigger for it now that you need to put into play, which is the Awaken, and it's uh, placing a f- few more restrictions um, on how you might go about doing it. Although, to be fair, the three or less purchase cost limitation you probably would have i mean i largely used it with the likes of uh nobby for example anyway so um and the four cost shriek to blank fields and stuff so well well four but you get what i'm saying um yeah I, there should be plenty of options out there but then you haven't got to buy it you haven't got to purchase it because you purchase it too less you haven't got to do that you just got to uh spin up spin down yeah absolutely i mean on paper actually i'm not sure uh, on paper, he looks great, but in reality, I'm not sure team building around him is going to be that straightforward. I've already started to have a bit of a tinker to put put a team together um, for us to use on one of our gameplay vids, and uh, it's it's I'm struggling a little bit because you need the facility, something in the team to spin him up and down, and you need to be able to do both. You need to be able to spin him down so you can spin him back up again to kick off his ability. Ideally, it needs to be a global because you want to be able to do it in your turn and your opponent's turn. So, use um, energy field. Well, sure, but then what you need is you need a second dice, really, that you're then sort of counterweighting him with because you need to spin something down to spin him up, and then you need to spin something up to spin him down. Um, so then I was looking at secondary awaken, awaken. Even though there is some awaken cards out there, and there are some good ones, but a big chunk of the of the awaken stuff disappeared in rotation when X Men First Class went. Um, some of the more juicier stuff. So your obvious choices like the two cost storm that preps a die that I might have before rotation love to pair this up with i haven't been able to mm. do so and some of the other awakened stuff's a bit more expensive and i'm not fully engaged with the other new infinity gauntlet awakened stuff yet so you kind of you need a counterpoint so you're already like one global space and two cards in then i'm actually at the moment getting under the skin of it the the three costs or less aren't particularly offensive from a when fielded point of view right now Ooh. you know okay. so you can't think of one, can you? I've I've got one in front of me. Oh yeah, what an offensive one! Yeah, it's not bad. All right, okay, well, fair enough. But you know, you then have to put some thought into well, what's the thing I'm going to awaken? Use his awaken ability to bring in. You know, so team building around him, I think, is going to be a, an interesting challenge. But actually, that's one of the reasons why it's a pick because the the idea of making a team work, even if it does turn out to just be kind of a casual list, is something that. I find engaging, you know, an engaging idea to sit down yeah. and play around with a card like that. So it's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, even though I don't think it'll actually end up being particularly competitive, certainly not at this stage, unless something interesting comes along. Um, All you and need that- is a three cost, some good when fielded three cost, and you're, you're laughing again, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And there are options, don't get me wrong, and I will still build that team because I've got a couple of interesting ideas. 
but yeah, I think there's there's a, there's more or a deeper explanation required with it. But the reason I'm picking it is because actually I like the idea of that deeper explanation, and I think it's one that uh, it's not on rails. You know, it's not a team that's on rails where you start with him and then the rest of the team kind of just you know is already set out in front of you. It's it's obvious there's there's opportunity to play, and because he's got the sidekick maker global on there as well, there's also a whole kind of offshoot cul-de-sac of things you could do with him that might also involve the sidekicks. It's quite a thought you put in town. Yeah, well, it's because I have actually been working on a team. I wanted to, um, you know, I now own the guard. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to play that team today? uh, No, it's not the one I made for today. Cool. That's not the one I made for today. Yeah, but it's, um, but yeah, keep an eye out on the channel, folks, because I've got a team sort of brewing in the background that once I'm happy with it, I'll, I'll use. So yeah, there you go. The Collector, driven by purpose. Dead good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we, as always, we, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, I, I know that there's already been a few people who've commented on the blog post and on the YouTube channel. What, what stands out to you? What's your picks? What are you looking forward to brewing with? Please do let us know. We'd love to get into a conversation with you about it. There's, there's many other juicy cards in there. Some of them quite situational. Some of them that I think will be fun to to build around um so let us know your thoughts um but i think that that's all there is to say on that segment is there any more for any more no 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 let's, let's wrap up this this uh, train wreck of a show <laughs> yes okay let's do it on to the next segment well folks there we are as all things must this episode has come to an end we hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it um i, I don't Indeed. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, well, I've had to, I know now, even though I'm saying this beforehand, I've had to tidy that one up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, please do get in touch as always. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you go to facebook.com forward slash the ministry of dice, you can send us uh, a message on there or make a post on our wall. Or if you go to britroller6.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, there's a contact us button or just email us direct chris at britroller6.com. Andy at BritRoller6.com. Ask around. We reply to every message we receive. So please do get in touch and have a little bit of a natter with us. We, we'd love any segment suggestions that you may have, any debate topics that we can, um, that we can do for you, any team brews you'd like us to try, any video suggestions, gameplay teams you want us to put up. Um, or even if you just want to say hi and have a chat, which some people also do, you know. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Um, save the date for the 17th of July. Yes. Um, we, and any questions you may want to preempt and send over in advance, then, uh, fire them over to us. Yes, please. And don't forget the virtual expo, the virtual UK games expo on the 22nd of August, starting at 7 p.m. British summertime. And also we hope you had a wonderful time at uh, Thunder Down Under with, uh, Origins, not Origins and, uh, apologies. For beating you. <laughs> I love your confidence. All right, with all that... <laughs> it's completely fake. It's completely fake. Before you do wrap up, though, Lonnie, oh, go on. I did promise in the intro. Uh, oh, so you did. I've got one solo win and 69 uh, eliminations. 69, dude! I've got 20 wins and 277 eliminations. And then in squads, I also have 20 wins and 172 eliminations. So uh, I look forward to uh, hooking up soon. I'm on PS4. Give us just message oh actually i'm not on ps4 that's what my son plays i play on my mobile so uh well one way or another download it actually we can play together i don't know i don't know there's something about Fortnite that i don't that doesn't quite switch me on oh it's good 
I think it's the is it it's third person, isn't it? Yeah. And I've seen videos of people like doing all these kind of mad buildings and things. Oh, you just shoot it at the bottom and it not falls down. Oh right, okay. That's fine. All right, maybe I'll have a look okay. at it. I don't know. I anyway, don't know. There you go, Long. Yeah. All right, excellent. Well, I've been Chris, aka the true Mr. Six. And I've been Andy, aka Casey Jones. <laughs> what? Why Casey Jones? Because uh, I looked to my right and there's a Casey Jones dice looking at me. Okay. Most things in life don't need to be complicated. <laughs> it could have been Gorilla Grodd or Fandral, but I went for the one in the middle. All great choices. Okay, we'll be back in two weeks. See you later, folks. <laughs> I can't get the episode finished. What is up with you no, tonight? <laughs> it's going on forever. See you later, folks. Bye. <laughs> You good to get into the attack step then? The uh, uh, what's that? That's my line. <laughs> <laughs> That's the outtake. <laughs> okay, five seconds of silence.